Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. It says this, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Everlasting what? Come on louder. Everlasting what? Everlasting Father. That's what it would be to us. And then Galatians 4 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, so that we, you and I, might receive what? Adoptions as sons and daughters of the living God. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. You know, most of us came to Christ Fellowship because someone in specific brought you here with them. You know, who knows, maybe today on this Christmas weekend, the reason you're here is because someone you know, maybe a friend, a family member, a coworker, someone who you met, met you and invited you to church and they brought you with them. And folks, your pastor is no different because over 13 years ago, the way that I came to Christ Fellowship was not through a billboard, it was not through an ad, but simply it was someone who invited me and I came with them. And that person's name was Brandon Hiltabidal. Brandon Hiltabidal. Now, for those of you who don't know who Brandon is, he was actually one of our pastors here at Christ Fellowship. He was the campus pastor of our Redlink campus for a while. He's, ta he's taught here several times on this very stage. And throughout the years, and we've remained really, really good friends. In fact, he came down for my, for my first week as lead pastor, and so we had a great time when he came down. But listen, what you may not know about him, all right, what you may not know about him is that he has an amazing story about being a father. Now, folks, follow the story here, because Brandon and his wife, Scarlett, currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, and they have two beautiful little girls, Ever and Brooklyn. And, you know, I saw them being born. They just are such a great little family. And truth be known, listen, by them four, they were perfectly happy and they were perfectly content. But there came a point where they began to consider becoming parents once again. But this time, it would not be through their traditional methods, but instead through the method of adoption, of adoption, specifically adopting a little girl named Joy, a little girl named Joy. Folks, stay with me, because Joy was not your typical little girl. In fact, Joy was not born here in the U.S. She was born in the country of China, specifically in Tianjin, China. And when she was born, she was born without ears. And so because of that, her parents rejected her outright and pretty much left her for dead in a staircase by an alley with her umbilical cord still attached to her little body. 
And through that whole, tra- through that whole ordeal, she suffers severe trauma to, to, her, to her little body, her little system. Now, just pause with me and let's just think about Joy's current condition at that moment. You know, it's, it's a little girl born in a communist country with a physical disability who was unloved by everyone, rejected by her own family, without a future and without a hope, right? But you see, there was a point in time where Brandon and his wife, Scarlett, they made a decision that they would leave, listen, they would leave their home and they would travel all the way to China. And they would not only go to China, not only just to save her from her predicament, but folks, also to take that step and bring her into their family. And so at one point they decided, they started getting ready for this whole thing, right? So they began to learn sign language. They took classes for uh, many months, almost a year. They got her a Chinese passport. They gathered two little girls with a bunch of bags and they got on a plane and they flew more than a day all the way to Tianjin, China. And folks, the moment that they met that little girl, folks, they, that little girl ran into their arms. And I don't got to tell you, listen, from that day on, that little girl's life changed forever, amen? Her whole future changed at that moment. Beautiful story, right? Now, family, let me just bring that story over to our teaching for today. Because family, what an image of Christmas. And by that I mean, listen, just like Brandon, an earthly father, left his home in Nashville, Tennessee, traveled across the world to save the poor little hopeless girl. And listen, she was indeed hopeless without Brandon. Listen, folks, just like that, and here's the big idea for this Christmas weekend. Our God, our everlasting Father, he left his home in heaven. He traveled across the, war, the universe to save hopeless people like you and hopeless people like me. Amen? And folks, listen, we were in fact hopeless without him. Now, you may be sitting there at one of our campuses and you may be wondering, Pastor, what do you mean we are hopeless? I mean, it's Christmas week and things are not perfect in my life. But man, they're not terrible, so I don't feel hopeless. So so what do you mean that we were hopeless without God? Well, we're going to find out from Galatians chapter 4, right? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 4. You can follow along there in your listening guides as well as in our app. Be sure you download our app on the App Store CF Miami. And with these two thoughts, here's two thoughts on how hopeless we really were without Christ. Write this down as point number one. We were hopeless because we were far from God. We're far from God. And here is why we were far from God. Write this down as letter A. It's because we have broken God's law. Every single one of us is that we have broken God's law. You know, in this Christmas series, we've been looking at a beautiful promise in the book of Isaiah, where God one day would give us his son, right? 
It says in Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And you know, during this Christmas season, it is easy for us to celebrate on Christmas Day, on Christmas Eve, this weekend, the parties, all the things, the presents. It's easy for you and I to put all of our focus on the fact that Jesus Christ was born. But folks, it's easy for us to forget and never think about the reason why Christ had to be born. And family, on the, in the same book of Isaiah, God's word makes it very clear why he had to be born. Listen to what Isaiah 59 says. It's because your iniquities, your sins, have made a what? A little louder, come on. A separation between you and your God. See, Scripture is very clear that every single one of our sins, even the smallest sins in our life, listen, listen, it creates a separation between us and God. And it's not so much physical separation, right? God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But, he, but it creates, our sin creates a, a relational separation between us and God. You know, in, in society today, oftentimes the way that we think our closeness to God is based on where we land in the spectrum of morality, of morality. You know, this Christmas song that we always sing during the season that goes, you know, he's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's going to find out who's what? We're nice, they're naughty, you're nice, right? So, so we get those two thoughts and we bring that whole concept over to our relationship with God. In fact, let me just give you a quick visual of, of what I mean by that. I'm going to ask somebody to come out here, one of my friends. His name is Kristen. You guys, give it up for Kristen. She's awesome. What a good sport. And so he, just imagine there's a spectrum of morality, right? Of, of, and, and this way is nice, this one's naughty, right? So for some of us, you know, the, the, the nicer we are, right? The nicer we are, the closer we are to God. But then the naughtier we are, right, the bad, the worse we've been this year, the farther we, we, we are from God. And chances are that you're watching us right now from all our campuses, and you're, you, you put yourself somewhere, right? If you think you're really nice, but I'm pretty close to God. If I'm pretty naughty, then I'm then far away from God. But here's what I want you to understand. Even if in the way you, where you put, place yourself in this spectrum, even if you're the nicest person, the nicest person, Listen to what God's word says. It says, but for whoever keeps the whole law, but just fails in one point, has become guilty of what? Of all of it. Of all of it. In other words, even, even one sin, folks, even one sin creates this infinite distance between you and your God. Does that, does that make sense? Guys, give it up for her. She's been, been such a good sport. Thank you so much. And folks, listen, you understand this whole concept intellectually, listen, because you experience it emotionally. You know, with me and my wife, when we don't see eye to eye about something in our life, about something going on, or we, we have a, an argument, isn't it interesting that you can be sitting on the same couch, right? Close. 
and you feel miles apart from that person, right? When you still don't see the eye to eye, there's something happening, you feel so distanced from them. However, when things are good between you and that person, it doesn't matter if you're the end of the world, right? You are, feel so close, you're texting them and get little emojis and sweet little texts and face them before going to sleep. See, why? Because it doesn't matter the distance. When there's something there, guess what? There's a relational separation when there's something there. And who knows, maybe you're here today at one of our campuses. And you've walked in with something that's happening in your life that you haven't shared with anybody, with your spouse, when no one knows, your friends. And deep down, you feel right now, there's a separation between you and and God. And you know, maybe it's not something that happened today or this week or this month. Maybe it's something that happened a while back. But you're still feeling that because of that sin, there's, there's some sort of separation between you and God. And listen, folks, that's exactly what that verse is referring to. But here's what I want you to understand. Not only were we far from God, But the Bible also says, write this down as letter B, that we were the enemies of God. We were the enemies of God. Wait a second, hold up. What do you mean we're enemies of God? I'm not an enemy of God. Well, listen to what God's words tells us in Romans chapter 5. It says, for if while we were what? A little louder. Enemies. If while we were enemies, of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be, shall, shall we be saved by his life. And folks, listen, it makes sense, because if we in our sinful state do things that go against God's will, guess what? Listen, God labels us enemies of God. You know, not only were we far from God, Pastor Carlos last week taught us that we were in our sinful state, we were hostile to God, but now worse, we were enemies of God because of our, because of our sin. And folks, because we were enemies, because we were far, because we were hostile to him, listen, we were destined to spend eternity without him, without a relationship with God, and without a future and a hope. In fact, write this down as letter C. Listen, we were, in fact, hopeless, weren't we? We were, each and every one of us, we were, in fact, hopeless. Now, how about that for a Christmas sermon, right? <laughs> you know, you probably brought your friends and family here on a special Christmas weekend, and the pastor's calling you enemies, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh my gosh. But listen, but, but here's why I'm going, I'm going at length to try to help you understand. Because the more accurate picture that you have of your state without Christ, that you were distant from him, that you were hostile, that you were an enemy of God and his will, listen, the more you understand the real distance between you and God, the more you'll be able to appreciate, amen? The more you'll be able to appreciate this beautiful promise in Isaiah 9-2. In fact, write this down as big number two. The hope of Christmas is that God came to us. You see, just like Brandon came, left his home and, came, and went to China to see that little girl. Listen, just like that, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, left his home and came 
to us. Amen. Amen. In fact, listen to what Galatians chapter 4 says. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. See, folks, even though that promise was given long ago at the right time, the Lord gave forth his son. And he wasn't born in a beautiful palace, but rather in the humble state, in a manger, surrounded by animals, the king of glory came down to us. Don't you love that? And here's why he came down. Write this down, it's letter A. is because he came to save us from our sin. He came to save us from our sin. Listen to how the passage continues. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, God's law, in order to redeem those who were under the law. In other words, those who were under the law of God, that we had violated God's law, that he came to save us from the penalty of our sin. See, and that son, that son that was given to us, that was born in the manger, listen, he wouldn't just stay a, a small child, would he? But he would grow up and he would be fully God and fully man. And during his life here on earth, listen, he lived the perfect life of obedience that our God required of us. Every single moment of his life that God required you to live a holy, perfect life that we could not live it, he lived it for us in our place. But then he went to that cross, that rugged cross. And on that cross, he suffered for every single one of your sins and my sins. He was not suffering for his own sin. He was suffering for every single shameful thing you have ever done in your life. He suffered for us. He took the pain of the cross for himself so that you wouldn't have to face the consequence of your sin. In fact, this past week, you know, I've been in my own time with the Lord in the mornings. I've been going through the book of Titus. And I got to a verse that said, wow, what a perfect verse to share with our people. Listen to what it says. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he, what, saved us. In fact, let's say it together. He saved us. A little louder, all campuses. He saved us. Not because of our works. Not because of how good we were in our righteousness but according to what? His own mercy. And folks, here's what I want you to understand this Christmas. God could have given up his son, right, to die for our sins, to save us from the penalty from our sin. But folks, listen, do not miss. At all campuses right now, focus here because this is, this is what I want you to get to this weekend, all right? Focus in on this. God could have, through the death of his son, forgiven our sins, forgiving us of our sins, right? Because he, he took on the penalty of our sin. But that doesn't mean that we would have a relationship with God. Let me, let me, let me rephrase it. God could have given us his son to die on that cross for us. But, he, but God could have said this, because you are sinners, 
Because I had to give my son, because you crucified my son, I'm not going to hold it to your sin, but you will never have a relationship with me. You will never know me. You will stay so far, so far from me, you will never have any knowledge of who I am. See, God could have done that and be perfectly just. And us, sure, not get the penalty from our sin, but we would never know God at all. But here's why this prophecy is so amazing in Isaiah chapter 9, because it gets better. Because not only did he come to save us from our sin, but write this down as letter B, he came to make us his children. His children. Now listen to what the passage states. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, so that we, so that you might receive adoptions as sons and daughters. See, family, there is a misconception in society that every single person is a child of God. And even though it sounds nice to say that everyone's a child of God, can I tell you, it's so incorrect. That's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that we all are created by God, but not everyone's a child of God. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to make it possible so that we could become children of God. And here's why I'm so excited to teach this weekend. You know, we, pastors, we get excited about teaching a specific point, and here it is. You've heard the word mercy, right? Mercy means that we don't get what we deserve, right? That's, that's the thought of mercy. So when Jesus Christ came down to die for us, he showed us mercy, right? Because we don't get the penalty for our sin. But you guys also have heard the word grace, right? Grace means us getting something that we didn't deserve. You see, it's the positive, it's a, it's a counter of it. And so here is where we see the grace of God. If we saw the mercy of God when he died on that cross, now we see the grace of God when he then makes us children of God and brings us close to God to have a relationship now with our everlasting Father. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? And folks, now that we have our children of God and we have a relationship with God, listen to how the verse continues. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying what? Abba, Father. Abba, Father. You know, the word Abba there in the original text, it's, it's like the most tender way to call a father, right? Listen, whatever way you call your dad or your children call you, right? Dad, papi, pa, well, you know, papa, whatever you call your, your dad in the most tender way. You know, you know, we all have our little variations. Can I tell you that's exactly the way that God wants you to address him? Just with that tenderness. And listen, during this Christmas season, chances are that you walked into one of our campuses or maybe you're watching us right now online. And there's something going on in your life right now. You're putting up front, putting a face on this Christmas season, like things are good, but things are not good. 
and deep down you're anxious, you're concerned about something, you're fearful of something, something's happened in your life that's caught you, that's caught you to fear. And let me remind you, listen, if you are a child of God, okay, if you're a child of God, you have a heavenly father, an everlasting father that's with you every single step of the way. Listen, you have a father to guide you in every single one of your decisions, whatever it is. You have a heavenly father to encourage you when you're discouraged. You have a heavenly father that when you don't know how things are going to provide, he provides for you every single day. You know, you have a heavenly father. Listen, that when you get those bad news and you feel like your life is falling apart, he's there to sustain you. You have a heavenly father that when you are crying, no one sees you, but when you're crying, he comes right by your side to comfort you and to wipe your tears away. Listen, that is who you have as a heavenly father. Don't you love that? Listen, that is who our God is to us. He's our everlasting heavenly father. You know, this past week, I was talking to my dad. I shared this with, with you before. My dad, listen, he's the most non-techie guy in the world. I think he still doesn't have an email. <laughs> it's crazy how that sounds. He doesn't have an email. So for a long time, he's been using a flip phone. That's all he uses. One word text. Yes, you know, no, that, that type of stuff. But anyway, when I got the, my iPhone just recently, I gave him my, my old one. And he started using it. And now he discovered FaceTime. Oh, yeah. He's FaceTiming me all the time. All the time. And here's what's funny. You know, I'm in the middle of my life of making a major financial decision. And you know how it is. When you go through those moments in your life and you get anxious, you start thinking, well, what's going to happen with this? You know, you start worrying. You know, all these different things that go along with making big financial decisions, right? And, you know, I was just talking to my dad. I was FaceTiming him, and I was like, Dad, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just concerned. I just don't know if I'm making the right decision. I'm just a little, man, I'm a little anxious about this whole thing. I just don't know if this is the right thing. And I was just talking to him. And he said, Omar, why are you so anxious? Listen, I'm your dad. You, you have me. Listen, I'm always going to be here for you. I'm always going to back you up. What are you worried about? And can I tell you? When he said, shared that with me, I just got so at peace, you know? I was like, okay, I got my dad with me, you know? And then I started thinking after I hung up, I mean, if my earthly father, who's imperfect, could use a few words, just give me peace, you know, just put me at ease? How about when we do FaceTime with our heavenly father, you know? And he knows every little corner of your heart, every little corner of your soul, and he goes and he ministers to you and he comforts you and he takes you through that season. Don't you love that? Listen, that's the God we serve. And so what an amazing thing. We went from being enemies of God to be the children of God and have this amazing relationship with our Heavenly Father. And folks, if you think that's good, that's awesome, can I tell you it gets better? It gets better. Write this down as letter C. He also came to give us an inheritance, an inheritance. Now listen to what God's word says next in that verse. And because you are sons, 
God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts where we cry, Abba, Father, so that you're no longer slave. You're not slave to that sin. You're not slave to that anxiety, that fear. You're no longer slaves, but rather a son. But you're a daughter now. And if a son and if a daughter, now you are what? And they're a little louder. What is it? An heir. An heir of God. Now, folks, circle the word heir because it looks like such a small little thing, like a four-letter word. So it's significant, but can I tell you, it has monumental impacts for you in my life. Because once God adopted us as children of God, Scripture teaches us that not only are we starting out a relationship with our Heavenly Father, but that now we also share in the inheritance with Christ. In fact, listen to what God's Word says in Romans chapter 8. It expands on this a little more. Listen to what it says. It says, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, as daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if you are, in fact, a child of God, then you are an heir an heir of God, and fellow heirs with who? With Christ. Now, you're probably wondering, Pastor, I'm saying amen, but I don't know what it means for Christ to be an heir. And what does it mean for me to be a co-heir with Christ? Right? Sounds nice. What does that mean? What does it mean for Christ to be an heir? Well, listen, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it says this, that after Christ came down to this earth, right, suffered for us, when he ascended to glory, he had more glory than before the incarnation. And now part of the reward of Christ is that through all that suffering, he will be now the heir of all things. Everything in this universe is now the Lord's Christ. And being a co-heir with Christ, listen, that means that now we share in the inheritance with Christ. <clears throat> you see, what belongs to Christ will now belong to us. Amen. See, all the glory that Christ has, is that we will share in that glory. All the dominion, we will share in that dominion. All of the riches, we will share in those riches with Christ. In all things, then we will have all things. That means that every single thing in this universe will be yours. Every mountaintop, Every valley, every river, every city, every single animal, every single building, every single star, every single, every single planet, every single corner of this universe will be yours. Why? Because you are now co-heir with Christ. At the same level, you will be able to experience all of that that's for Christ. Don't you love that? And folks, during this Christmas, listen, Things may seem a little uncertain about your future, right? Can I remind you? You, are, you have an inheritance waiting for you. You have an inheritance. You know, listen, as I was preparing this sermon, I felt like, I thought to myself, Omar, even if that, this decision that you're going to make turns out to be the worst decision you will ever make financially, can I tell you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because we have a future inheritance. 
We have a future inheritance. Everything's secured for us. And so whether you're high right now or you are low, it doesn't matter. Because ultimately, we have an inheritance with Christ forever and ever. Don't you love that family? And so let me go back to the story as we end, to the story of Brandon Scarlet. <clears throat> you know, even though that little girl was, in fact, hopeless without Brandon, the moment that they brought her in into the family, listen, she was saved from her predicament. She now experienced a new relationship with a father. And, and the best thing is that, you know, when, when, when Brandon dies, when his days on earth finish, He's going to share in the inheritance with the two other little girls. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? She's going to have a future so her children could then have a future. What, a, what an amazing thought. And so just recently, Brandon and Scarlett made a video of, of this whole story. And Scarlett narrates a little bit of, of the development of joy after she came into their family. And family, listen, as you watch this video, Think of who you were before Christ, of how hopeless you were before Christ. And as you see this little girl develop, think of how you, your life has changed when you entered into the family of God and become the son, the daughter of the living God. Just picture that as you watch that video. Take a look. After that first really hard, scary week, she learned sign for food, and then she learned drink. And then after that point, it was unbelievable the speed at which she started growing and developing in every way now. We brought her home not walking, and I think it was two or three weeks later, she was walking. And then she's waddling, and then she's trying to run. And after a few weeks, that same doctor who had said, I don't know, he would run out into the lobby to meet us and be like, how's she doing? Oh my goodness. Back when we were sitting on the bed filling out this form of special needs and we looked at each other and said, deafness? Okay, we're not gonna say no to this. I remember closing my computer and then I went in the other room and I was praying and I just said, God, why are we doing this? Is, what is this gonna do to my family? Why am I gonna ask my family to learn sign language and adjust their lives in such a huge way? And it was one of those rare moments for me where the Holy Spirit, I just knew that He was speaking to me. Um, and He just said, look at how I adjusted my life for you. It just gave me such peace in that moment um, that we decided deafness, um, which led us to seeing Joy's face and deciding Joy and then deciding to get on the plane. I've never felt more peace because God has been so near and um, I got a little emotional because I started thinking of myself, my own journey with the Lord, right? You know, we who were without hope in our sin, suffering, 
without a future, without a hope, God came to save us. And more than that, he adopted us as his sons and his daughters. And now we have a future, don't we? We have a relationship with God. We have a future and a hope that will never end. Listen, that is why Christ came to us. That's why Christ came to us. To give us a future and a hope. And listen, you might be here right now. You may be thinking, Pastor, you know, like, I, I, I want to have a relationship with God. You know, I, I see everyone around me. I look around and people love the Lord and they have this relationship with the Lord and I want that. How can I have that? How, how can I start a relationship with God? Well, listen to what John chapter 1 says. But to all who did receive him, to all who what? Believe. In his name, he gave them the right to become what? Children of God. Children of God. Listen, scripture is clear. If you want to be forgiven of your sins, if you want to start a relationship with his heavenly father, if you want to have a future inheritance with Christ for all eternity, it's simple. Put your faith in Christ today. Surrender your life today. Bible says that he will forgive you of all your sins, bring you into his arms, and you will have a future with him forever and ever. But you have to believe. You need to put your faith in Christ first. So the question for you is, will you take that step today? Let's bow our heads for prayer at all campuses. Father God, we come before you. And for those of us who are already children of God, we just thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace. Father, in this Christmas season, we will treasure what an amazing blessing it is to be called children of God. And when we get to pray, we say, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. But with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to some of us here today because maybe you were that person saying, you know, I want to start a relationship with God. And if that's you, listen, I want to give you the opportunity today. It's so simple. It's just coming to the Lord, surrender, say, I, today, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. And so if that's you, at any of our campuses, we are together on this. If that's you, with, with all everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you in a few moments to slip up your hand. And it's not to make you stand up. I'm not going to say, hey, what's your name? I'm not going to embarrass you. Nothing like that. You know what it is? is for you just to raise your hand. I can see you from here and say, I'll pray for you. And so listen, it's just a sign to say, you know what, today I'm taking my, and no one's going to say, it's just you and God and me. And so with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if today you say, Lord, Omar, I, I, I want to take that step, pray for me. If that's you, with no one looking around, all, all eyes closed, just slip up and say, just, Omar, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Anybody here today says, I see you. Anybody else? I see you as well. Anybody else? says, just pray for me, Pastor Omar. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody? Anybody else? I see you as well. Anybody else? Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. Many hands. I see you all, too, in the corner back there. I see you. I'll open the second balcony. I see you all. Amen. Listen, at all campuses, raise your hands. There you go. Listen, even if I can't see you right now at this campus or another campus, you know who sees you? God sees you. He sees you raising your hand. So that's it. Just put your hand down right now wherever you're at and I'm going to lead you through a prayer and this prayer is not a poem something we do here at Christ Fellowship it's not a script 
is simply me helping you talk to your heavenly father for the first time so if that's you with all heads bowed and eyes closed just pray this with me but don't pray this to me i always like to remind you don't pray this to me i'm just a man you pray this to god all right pray this with me father today i realize how lost i was without you how hopeless i was and so father i come before you today and i ask you for forgiveness of my sins all of them lord and today lord i put my trust in you i surrender my life to you and i ask you lord to give me everlasting life to make me your child for the rest of my life, Lord, help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. Thank you, Lord, for saving me on this Christmas weekend, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.